Hi, I'm Carolyn. Hi, I'm Jeremy, and we're licensed marriage and family therapists in California. And we've been friends for the past 20 years. For 10 of those years, we've been working as therapists with families, couples, and individuals. And one of us has been through a divorce, a remarriage, and a blended family. Welcome to Weenus, a relationship podcast. And welcome to the Weenus podcast. I am Jeremy and I'm sitting here with Carolyn. And I'm going to move my microphone away because I just got the big eyes from uh, Carolyn here. So sorry about that, everybody. I just get excited. I I love the Weenus podcast. You start off every episode like right on the mic yelling a lot. It's just just my exuberance for for our our wonderful handful, our little baker's dozen of fans out there (laughs) that are are so enthusiastic about learning about relationships. Yeah. And it's also a good test because we have, again, upgraded our little podcast and we've got mastering on board. So hopefully, maybe the listeners don't even notice that. And we're talking about something that they don't even care about. Well, and it's good because what you can't see is that we have like a team of of radio guys that are uh-huh. in the other room and they've got switches and knobs and foot pedals mm-hmm. and, and they're modulating our voices and, and adding echo and sound effects and these sorts of things. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to be fabulous. You're going to love it. Joe Rogan and Andy Dick are over there. Do you remember news radio? Did you watch that show? No, I never watched that. Oh, uh, well then you, yeah. So for the news radio fans out there, <laughs> but anyways. Oh, I don't well, know that Joe, actually Joe wasn't on that. Anyway, doesn't matter. Moving on. That's okay. I love Joe Rogan. His ability to just talk for four hours is, is really, he's got such an amazing talent to just be able to engage in, in great conversations. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to be talking about positive things in relationships that encourage relationships, really healthy elements of good um, uh, relationships that can help people feel really comfortable with one another. These, ele- these elements really carve out space for the other and respect the development of each person in a relationship. We've got a, a, a little list of things here mm-hmm. that, that uh, we're going to be going down here. So I, I was just going to start with the first one being, I'm finding this a lot in therapy sessions where people aren't really taking the time to have friends on the outside of their marriage. They're sitting down and they're going, we need to work on this relationship problem that we have. And really, as I, as I dig in, I find that the life of these people is work and family. And this, it's only two things. There's not the kind of camaraderie or bonding or anything like that. You know, for for men, it's often going and sitting down and having a coffee or a drink together and just talking to each other, teasing each other, playing a game of pool uh, or golf or something like that. Um, And for for women, it it really is also the the social connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that... You know, we've been noticing that in my house and, you know, that I'm just always here and some, you know, we are kind of socially distancing and and we are seeing some people, um, but for the most part, we're even doing that together. So when we see our friends, we're doing that together. Um, And so next week, for example, I'm going up to, um, to stay at a lake house with a friend of mine and it's just 
her and I are going to go for a couple days and then our husbands are going to come up later. Um, and we're all, I think all four of us are really looking forward to some time alone with a friend and some time away from each other. Um, and I think that it can be really difficult. I know, you know, all of our children are, are adults and, and our friends, um, they don't have kids themselves. So it's pretty easy for us to say like, hey, let's just go to the lake house and hang out together. I think that when kids are involved that like getting together with a girlfriend would mean me asking my husband to watch the kids, you know, on, on his own or, you know, whatever that would be. So, so it's much easier when there are, isn't the complication of kids, but I think it's much more important when there is that additional element of kids that it's okay to still have adult relationships outside of your marriage that are fulfilling. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you because it, and a lot of having those relationships is being able to sit down with somebody who has the same values as you and kind of blowing off steam about things in life and, and getting that kind of camaraderie, empathy, where you're kind of laughing about stuff and laughing about successes and laughing about failures and laughing about funny things, where there, there is new conversation and new ideas. And, and that's, that's really enriching for a person. Or even just confirmation. You know, I think a lot of what we do as therapists is just to confirm, yeah, that's hard. Or yeah, you're not the only one that feels that way. Or yeah, that's normal. You know, I get a lot of like, is this normal? Or how, you know, how would you diagnose this? And a lot of it really just is like, yeah. Even, even with something like, you know, thoughts about suicide or thoughts about not wanting to be here, most people have those. You know, the real question is how do we act upon a lot of these, these thoughts that we have? And so I think people get really in their heads of like, I'm having thoughts that I don't want to have to deal with my children. Like, yeah, talk to any other parent. They probably have that thought too, but we don't get to do that unless we have these individual conversations. So just getting that confirmation back that you're not, you're not crazy. This is pretty normal stuff. Um, and to be able to hear someone else experiencing the same thing is pretty important. When you're going up to, uh, to the cabin, what are you most looking forward to? If you could just off the top of your head, say the, the thing that I'm most looking forward to in having that, that time with my friend or by myself, what is it that really fulfills you? You know, I think, and this is a, this is a real honest thing. I think that having time where I can make all, you know, it, I don't have to think about what my partner's thinking of my decisions. Like the secret is that I'm going to bring a loaf of bread and I'm going to eat the loaf of bread. Um, we don't do that in our house. We're, we're gluten-free for a lot of reasons. Um, but I'm taking a loaf of bread and I don't want to hear anything about it. Um, it's a good thing that Jesse doesn't uh, listen to the podcast. <laughs> I don't know that he does. Um, so not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a fan of us. <laughs> um, you know, but just, you know, I think that it, that it's, again, you know, it feels very vulnerable and very honest to say it, but that, but that's who I am. I tend to, to speak my truth, um, to just be able to go and to not have to think about like, well, what does Jesse think about that? Or what agreement do we have in our marriage? Or, you know, even if it's something as simple as food, you know, like I'm just going to go be me for a few days. And the truth is, is that he is super stoked that he's going to get to spend, I think three days by himself at the house where he can just be him, where he doesn't have to worry about whatever I'm needing or doing or thinking. Um, and honestly, like we need some of that time off. And so to, and also I'm really looking forward to just getting to hang out and talk with a girlfriend. Um, I'm going with a great friend of mine um, who I really love and respect as a person and to just 
you know, we're going to, I'm hoping, I don't know this about her yet. I don't know if she's a singer, like a car singer. I'm really hoping that we can sing a lot of things on the drive. It's like a three hour drive. So I'm really hoping for a lot of singing along with stuff. Um, but I definitely, we spent 45 minutes on the phone this morning talking about what food we were going to bring. So I, yeah. she can talk. So I know that we're going to talk for ever. Well, I, I know that I can speak on behalf of all 15 of our viewers uh, <laughs> here and, and say that we actually would love to hear covers uh-huh uh by by you and your girlfriend about uh as as many songs as you would be willing to share with sure. i'll just like turn on the record feature as we're driving yeah just just yeah just just remember we all have recorders on our phones you yep. can make this happen if you really wanted it yep and so to if if you record yourself doing round and round we will record something on our side of things this is a deal jeremy's favorite song to sing is rat and rat. I can't hear it without thinking about Jeremy. Rat was so. underrated. Rat was underrated. Okay, Agreed. they wore mascara. Okay, they had dangly earrings. But that one album, Out of the Cellar, that was a good album. I, I will not back down from that. Number two, yes. encouraging interests. Encouraging yeah. interests in the other one because... Um, Go do I'm, something I'm, else. Go do something you love without me. Again, you know, again, I think that in COVID, in this time of social, of isolation almost, you know, we're very isolated with our partners. Um, I, I, I've always believed that this is important, but especially right now, like my husband will say like, I'm going to go paddle boarding or I'm, you know, I'm like, go like, <laughs> bye. See who can go with you and do those things. You know, again, I'll preface all of this by like, we're being very cautious and very safe. Um, but as much as I can, like, if you have interests, my love, like, please go and do them. You know, we, um, there's a very expensive mountain bike sitting in the garage along with paddle boards and a lot of outdoor equipment. A lot of that's my husband's stuff. Um, and he loves to go out and do that. And I encourage him to like, please go do that without me. The flip side of that, and I'll speak to this for all the codependents, um, maybe there's four or five of you listening who are codependent. I want to do that for him, with him. I want to be everything for my partner. And like we've talked about before, that's very difficult. You know, I don't know that there's a lot of couples where they're doing everything together. Um, I know you and Sherry do have a lot of shared interests, you know, but also do things separately and build those things within yourselves separately, which is important. Well, yes, truly. And um, listeners, sometimes therapists pick out little little things. And when somebody says there's a very expensive bike in the garage, sometimes there's something to that. That's just a special tip from Jeremy. The, yeah, this is what it's like <laughs> to have nearly all of your conversations with therapists. Uh, you can't get, <laughs> can't get by with much. And then when I do spend time with people who aren't therapists, I tend to say things like my girlfriend knows that I am the one who will ask the uncomfortable question. Um, and I believe in the beginning of our relationship, she uh, was not quite sure that she could do this um, because <laughs> I'm always the one who's like, let's do the 21 questions to get to know you better. Or, oh, that seems uncomfortable. Tell me more about it. Those are my interests. <laughs> what are you hiding? Interests develop the human. Uh, and, and really, honestly, in encouraging your partner to have their own interests, you are, you know, you are wanting them to broaden themselves. You're wanting them to expand what it is that they have to talk about with you, what it is that their experience is. 
Um, you know, and one of my things is going on motorcycle rides and coming back with an adventure story of what right. happened and who got a flat tire and, and these different things. Um, and what really what conversations were had along the way that made me feel like um, I got something out of it. These uh, interests make the human being feel more meaningful in their lives. And you, you want that out of your partner to feel this strong sense of mission in life. So the, the encouragement to really just even get a hobby, uh, 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 something that you're working on in front of the television or something bigger, uh, you know, certain kind of car or a certain kind of outdoor activity that, that you either do together or that, that, the other person wants to do on their own, encourage those things, foster those things, because it makes for a better human being, a happier person too. Right. I think that we forget that, that it's not just about the time we spend together, but the things that you're doing outside of our relationship that really fulfill you, make you a happy person, make you happy to come home and talk about those things. Um, Jesse has a ton of interests. Um, and some of them I share, you know, some of them he's over, over this quarantine time, he was off during the summer since he teaches and he really started to dive into his own well-being. Um, and some of the things that he hit on were very helpful for me, um, and were things that we could talk about together. And some, um, he really found really interesting, like fascia. Um, and I heard so much about fascia. Um, if you don't know what fascia is, look it up. It's, it's in your body. Um, but he also has other friends who actually were really interested in that and would talk with him about that. I know that he talked with you and Sherry about fascia. I mean, when my husband stumbles upon something he's interested in, we all hear about it. And so some of it is really interesting for me and some of it just feeds him and he just gets really excited about it. And truthfully, I just love seeing my partner excited about something. So even if I'm not interested in it, it's still worth hearing about. I still enjoy hearing about it because of the excitement. Yeah, that, that excitement is definitely infectious. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and, and Jesse does get enthusiastic. <laughs> he does get enthusiastic, yes. Now he's, we've started watching Long Way Up, and now the enthusiasm. I want to see that. Oh, it's so good. The enthusiasm for a motorcycle is building again. Oh. Um, so yeah, Jesse, I walked through the room the other day, and Jesse goes, I just want to let you know, I've, I've kind of got a little fever. And I was like, what, what are we talking about here? for motorcycles. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, Jesse sold his motorcycle a long time ago. That is definitely one of his interests. Um, he sold his motorcycle with the agreement that one day we would probably see a motorcycle again. Oh, he's got it. He's got to get one. He's got to oh. get I'm so excited about that. It's so great. <laughs> Don't get too excited. Um, you know, I've left my job and started a new business. So if people are a fan of Jesse getting a motorcycle, please feel free to promote send online counseling and send clients our way so that Jesse can afford to buy a motorcycle. It, and, and we are also very, very successful. And so, it, it, yeah, we, we, we're very successful and we're very wealthy, right? Because we're so successful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> why are we, why is that the pretense that we're saying? Well, no, we, we, we can't talk about, uh, 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 Ascent Online Counseling is, is very small right now. We're very big. We're very successful. We're very large. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> no, you're not. We are open to new clients and we are just building a business. We should actually talk about that in a podcast, building a we, business. We definitely should. Um, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that. Uh, the next thing that I have written down here is supporting education. 
Um, now, mm-hmm. I, I, I know that you and I have both been through this and it's not an easy thing because especially when it is the first time that somebody is going through an education program in a relationship, because there's not an expectation of what that is. My first master's degree was incredibly difficult for Sherry and I. My second one, I mean, it was hard, but there was more of an expectation of what going through a master's program actually Mm -hmm. is. So there was more her knowing she's gonna be watching TV while I'm down here typing uh, until I get carpal tunnel. Uh, and, um, yeah. but, but the commitment to education really is the understanding that one person is going to have to be completely intellectually dedicated to something for several nights a week and sometimes on weekends. Um, and that the other one is going to have to carry the other responsibilities, whether that is childcare during mm-hmm. that time, whether that is just the cleaning and the sweeping and, uh, the car maintenance and whatever it is, you know, they're, they're, this, this sort yeah. of thing is an investment in the relationship as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, or even financial. And I think that one of the things that I, I have to remind people of the most in thinking about their relationship is this idea of, like we talked about in the last episode, like tit for tat, that somehow there, there should always be this balanced load within a relationship. That is not one of the benefits of a relationship. One of the biggest benefits of a relationship is that that we can focus on that and that someone else is there to help pick that pick up everything else, whether it's financial or just housework. Um, you know, one day years ago, very early in our relationship, Jesse came home and said, I cannot continue at this job. I need to leave it. And he left his job and went back to school. And we're very fortunate he served in the Navy. And and so he had some financial support there. Um, But I had to allow for the fact that, you know, what my job was the majority of our income and was going to be for quite some time. But it meant that he was going to school to be a teacher, finally. um, And he got to do what he's always wanted to do. Um, And so that is the outcome of that, you know, at the end of that road to get to see our partners happy and fulfilled, um, you know, school doesn't always lead to that, but a lot of the times it does. It allows for a career change. um, It allows for more opportunities. um, And it does mean that your relationship is going to be unbalanced um, for a while. And that's okay. You know, I, I wish that people would release this idea that our relationships have to always be this balance. Yeah, as you're talking, I'm thinking about the course of going through a a school program and that it usually tends to get really intense in the last six months of the program as you're finishing up larger projects and there's there's need for more attention on things. And that after that time, all of a sudden you finish your last assignment and it's over. And Mm -hmm. you emerge from the room after you've turned it in and at that point, it's time to really relearn who you are right. as yeah. a couple. And who you are as a couple, for sure. You know? Uh, yeah, I think that that takes a lot. I remember I still, Sunday evenings, my master's program was Monday nights. Um, and so I was working full time and doing my master's program. Um, and I still, re- like, still on Sunday evenings, I get a little antsy. Um, because of that idea, you know, there, there are a lot of reasons, but like the day before starting that big long day, you know, I went to work at six in the morning. I didn't, I didn't get home until like, I forget, were we done at nine? 
Yeah. So I didn't get home until like, you know, around almost 10. So Monday was a big long day. Um, And so there was still, there's still this lingering effect of being in school. You know, Jesse and I weren't even married when I went through my master's program. Um, But there's still that little bit of an effect of it. But, but yeah, we have to relearn now that you've got all this more, more time on your hands. How do we put that to use as a couple or what can you pick back up? I think what's important is to have that conversation. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm glad that I could carry this load for you for, for all this time. You know, now that you're done with school, can you start doing the laundry, you know, or, or what, what would you like to pick up um, now that you have more time on your hands? Um, and it's okay to ask for that. Yeah. I'm just, I, I always have this vision of the, the last, uh, the last thing that I turned in for my MBA and I, all of a sudden it just was like, okay, turned in and I shut my laptop and I, really, I, I walked outside, put my helmet on, got on my motorcycle, rent, rode three miles up the road uh, to the reservoir, walked out to the end of the dock, and then just jumped off. And nice. it was like this kind of uh, baptism of like, it's over now. Mm-hmm. I can recreate. I can be, I can, right. I can relearn how to enjoy my life now because uh, it, master's programs are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> They definitely take a lot of, they take a lot of time and energy. And I think that we have to be honest about that when we're having a conversation about going back to school, um, that our relationship needs to be in a pretty solid foundation um, in order to allow for that. Um, and, and knowing that, you know, it was challenging. Even with Jesse going to school, it was challenging um, to watch him go through that process and to, to support him through that. Um, and it really all worked out for the best. So I'm just, I'm so glad that we were able to do that. I'm glad that you were able to go get your master's. Um, and we have to have that conversation as a couple. You know, I know there's other things you're interested in pursuing education around. And you have two master's degrees, like how do we as a couple kind of negotiate that, that now Sherry is going to be, you know, to know, she knows what that looks like to go through a master's program. Um, but it's important, it is important to support each other in that. Um, and to really have an honest conversation about what we can or what we're willing or, you know, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And this one really slides hand in hand with the next one, which is giving space to the other person. And, And this is really broad and we are talking here about success and failure space for the other person to grow, to try to, um, to feel safe enough to, to, to do new things and see if it works. And I know that you and Jesse have had this where, you know, Jesse's done a pretty substantial career change mm-hmm. since, and since you've been with him and it, and it, it was a long time in, in working for that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he almost had 10 years um, at his previous company when he decided to leave. Um, and even then there was um, he decided to go one route and pulled out of that pretty quickly teaching had always been his goal. He had a bachelor's degree that he had worked on as an adult and teaching had always been the end goal. Um, But he, you know, I think primarily for like quickness and and safety of of us financially, he jumped into another program um, working with PG&E, but found out pretty quickly that it just wasn't for him. So allowing that space, I remember, I remember feeling frustrated and scared um, when he came home and said, you know, cause the PG and E gig, I, that was, we were looking at maybe six figures like long-term, um, once he got through the program and found a job. Um, but it just wasn't for him. 
Um, and he really, really wanted to, his, his heart, and now that he's teaching, you know, I think it's pretty clear his heart is in that and that's what's important to him. Um, and so when he came home and said, I, you know, this just isn't the one, I, I really do believe that teaching is the thing to do. I wish in that moment that I could have been brave enough to say, great. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I did. I know that we had some, there was also, for me, there's that fear. Um, you know, I read an article the other day about the creators of the Slinky and they were talking, I think they are one of the first, I know in business, the idea of, of fail fast, fail often. Um, but Slinky was a good example. The first Slinky iteration, I don't, didn't sell. Um, and so they had to fail and start again and do again. And so to allow our partners a space to fail, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, this school program just isn't working out or, um, you know, having um, a relapse and needing to come, come clean with each other, because oftentimes there's a lot of lies that are, are go before that. Um, so allowing our partners space for failure, for me, again, and I, I do strongly identify as codependent, when my partner fails, there's a lot of emotions that happen for me. Number one, I don't want that for him. Um, number two, there's just this fear mechanism that happens in my brain of like, how is this going to impact us financially, um, our relationship? And as Jesse's reminded me in those moments, that fear doesn't help them, you know, that, that fear is often, everything has worked out. All of the things that I've been afraid of have not come to pass. Um, and to, to trust enough space for failure means that I trust my partner enough that they are going to figure this out. Just like my husband has trusted me enough to say, sure. You know, I walked away from a job at Kaiser um, where I was making really good money to go to a job at an agency where I was just so lucky to be, they were amazing people. And then I walked away from that to start you know, our private practices. And he's allowing me that space for success is the hope, but also for failure, trusting that I'll figure something out if this doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really is about that space that, that you give uh, the other one to, to, to build and build and build. And over a lifetime, you know, at the end of life, there is all of this consideration as to what was it actually all worth and you, you can measure that in terms of money, but of course, people generally tend to measure that in terms of the fullness of those years and the relationships that they had with people. And so though, that's something that you have to create week by week by week and year by year. And in, sometimes you've, you've got to do some zigging and zagging that really doesn't look um, safe or... Mm -hmm. or um, even really rational from the outside, but you just have to do it. Sometimes you just got to pack up and drive, you know, and, and you yeah. need a, a partner that's going to really facilitate that, help you um, support you in doing that. Yeah. And I think that brings to mind, I think in both of our relationships, um, one of the things that I respect so much about your relationship with your wife is, is kind of this internal focus of recognizing that this may not make sense to everyone, you know, on the outside world, um, and that's definitely something that Jesse and I have, have circled back around to. I know that the way that our relationship is, um, may not, everyone doesn't get it. You know, everyone doesn't get to see all of the intricacies. Everyone doesn't know my husband as intimately as I do. Everyone doesn't know why our thought process, you know, all the thought process that went into the choices we've made. And same for you guys. You guys have made some pretty big zigs or zags, however you want to think about it. Um, in your lives as well. And some people 
may turn to their partner and say, that seems crazy. But if it works for you guys, you know, letting go of that external, like, what does this look like to people on the outside and really focusing internally. Um, you know, one of the things I'm the most interested in, and I don't know that I'll ever get anyone to have an honest conversation about it is what do you say on the drive home from my house? Like, what do you turn to your partner and say, like, can you believe that Carolyn and Jesse, blah, 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 whatever it is, because we just, we do that. We kind of judge other relationships against our own. Um, because yeah, one, one time it was, can you believe they don't have a light on that bottom step? They oh, need a light on that bottom step. There's so and many lights out there now. I know that was the worst phone call that Sherry had tripped. I felt so bad, um, but we do have lights there now. Okay, good, good, good. So, and all, all of our when we when we have a party for all of our viewers, you'll yeah. be able to see the bottom step and not fall. I'm sorry, I totally, I totally messed up your flow. Yeah, that was about what like nine months ago, <laughs> the last time that you guys were here, and you haven't seen the lights yet. So, if that's the conversation that you want to have. Oh. about how often you guys drive down here. She Jeez. can talk about that. Um, so the last one here. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> the last one here is seeing the best potential in the <laughs> other. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Which again, you know, I think we talked about in space, giving our partners space for failure and also believing in, in their best, like knowing that our partners... Um, and this is easier and harder. You know, there's, there's times where it's very easy for me to see my partner struggling and having a difficult time and just knowing in my heart um, how amazing he is. You know, my, I'm very fortunate and I know that you can probably say the same about your partner um, and vice versa, that, that we both all have amazing people in our lives, in a partner. Um, my husband is, is truly, truly amazing. And some days he's not, you know, some days he has a tough day or some days he's struggling or, you know, but to allow them space to do that, you know, like the other night he had ice cream in bed at nine o'clock at night or whatever, um, because he was having a tough day. He doesn't do that every day. I gave him a, a little bit of, um, a little ration for that because we don't eat after six where we do intermittent fasting. Um, and it works really, really well for us, but every now and then he'll have ice cream in bed. Um, and I need to, what would probably serve me better is to see the best in him and to know and to trust that if he makes a decision that he's thought about it, you know, and that there's a reason for it and to just allow him, if he's choosing to have ice cream in bed, then allow for that, you know, it probably means that there's something going on. You know, this practice of seeing the best potential in the other person is, is something that I, I see, I'm, and I'm the leader of a company uh, right now, and, and it's something that I see as so fundamentally important for a culture of, of a larger group of people. Absolutely. And for a couple. It's, it's really a, uh, uh, got a, a best practice for life. Mm -hmm. uh, seeing other people in their in their greatest selves, knowing that not everybody's all going to be that play in that place all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but that. Uh, I think even sorry. I, I think that just assuming the best. Yeah. When I worked for you know I, I worked for Kaiser, um, and there were some people I really loved working with, and then there would be sometimes where I would get an email or someone would follow up on 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 treatment. 
And I could just see in it that they were, they, they weren't assuming, you know, I, I tended to assume the best about all of the clinicians that I work with, that if I hear from a client, this and this and this about a, another provider they're working with, that maybe I'm not getting the full story. Um, and that maybe I should check in with that provider. Um, so I try to assume the best, you know, in the people that I work with and the, the people that I have friendships with, that if I see something and I'm like, well, that sucks you know, that that person would do that, that maybe the next thought needs to be, well, I wonder what I don't know, or I wonder what happened and not just assuming, well, they're just a bad person and they did that. Yeah, this, this, this really is something that um, it, it helps you everywhere. And, and some, sometimes people will prove you wrong. Sometimes <laughs> but, they will, you know, but, but uh it, it really is the only way to kind of not drive yourself crazy. And when you see the best in the other person, when you assume the best in the other person, mm -hmm. usually you're right. Yeah. And I think that this, for me, one of my biggest tools for couples is curiosity. Um, you know, the other day, Jesse came home from work. Um, I was making dinner and I walked by and I said, I need to finish making dinner. Um, and then I'm going to do the unload the dishwasher and take care of the, the laundry. And then I'll be ready to sit down and talk. And he said, okay. Um, and I maybe stomped around a little bit thinking he's going to let me make dinner, do the, finish the dishes and do the laundry. And he's not going to offer to help. I wonder what that life is like. And then I said, I wonder what that's like what is going on for him. And in that moment, I was able to turn off that frustration and, resentment and all that stuff that wasn't going to work for me. And instead just say, I wonder, I wonder what's going on for him. So I sat down and said, like, when I walked by and said, I was going to do all that stuff, I know I didn't ask you to help, but you just sat in your chair and you said, okay, what was going on in your head? And he said, I just felt grateful. I felt gratitude. I felt that you saw that I was tired, that I'd had a long day and that you were just going to take care of that stuff for me. Um, and so instead of getting into a big fight, which it could have been when I walked back out and said, I've done everything. I did the laundry and everything for you. Um, instead, I walked out and was curious and assumed. And when he said it, I thought to myself, well, duh. And if I had been assuming the best about my partner, I, I would, I maybe could have even avoided the little bit of discomfort that I felt before I stumbled upon, I wonder, you know, being curious. So I think that being curious about our partners and really sitting in that idea that, that they're great people and I do expect the best, you know, the best potential for them can really help us avoid a lot of discomfort because we're often telling ourselves a story that just doesn't line up with who they actually are. It lines up with our own insecurities and doubt. It, it, it does. At some point you were recognizing the best in the other person at the beginning of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then what I find years down the road for people when they come to, to see me is that they are assuming the worst right. in the other person. And, you know, I'm careful with how I deliver this in a therapy session, but you got to remember, you're the one that chose this. <laughs> okay. You saw something good at one point. What is right. that thing? Right. And, and, and uh, is that completely gone or are you uh, allowing for different thoughts really to take the front seat when, if you could see, the positive uh, in the other person, how does that change every single interaction that you have mm -hmm. with that person from resentment and irritation right. to maybe getting somewhere? 
Yeah. I think that one of the, the biggest tools and the smallest things that I give people when they're in a tough time in their relationship is to start with gratitude, you know, to just release all of this other kind of thinking process is happening and instead just practice some gratitude, you know, thank you for putting away the dishes. I really appreciate that. Or, or gosh, you know, I just, I love getting to come home to you each day. And I know it's hard because we don't want to be the ones to start that momentum. We want our partners, you know, I, we hear that a lot with sex. It's like, well, I don't want to initiate sex. He should be the one doing it. Um, okay. And so now you're just not having sex. Like one of us has to initiate, one of us has to initiate gratitude and connection. And so that can be a place to start is recognizing the best potential in our partners instead of just getting stuck on all of those little stupid things that really do add up. Um, but that probably aren't super important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, ab absolutely. Well, I think that's a wrap for the day. We'd like to thank all of our wonderful listeners and all of the, the guys in the sound room that have been uh, pulling the knobs and the levers and, and mm -hmm. little foot pedals, right. making sure that we're sounding really good. Um, I, I really do want to have a talk with their supervisor because I didn't hear a single sound effect in there. Uh, but but <laughs> so we'll work on that. If you want to find us, you can find us on Instagram. We've got a Twitter now. Um, you can email us at ascentonlinecounseling at gmail.com if you have any questions or any thoughts of like, is this this normal, um, you know, so that we can come up with some things to talk about. Um, and I think, yeah, that's a wrap. So thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you next time. Take care.